Oh, where's the countdown? It was visible on the screen. It was not an I audio countdown. It. All right. Well, you don't say the two or one, Chad. I I was looking. At I can see else. you nodding. I see you guys nodding. All right. Welcome to an episode, our first episode Zang. of the reboot of the PGP Filmcast. I know Isn't this the reboot of the reboot. Hey, we're on what like number five for Batman. I think we can we can do Everybody this. Seems to like the new one. I probably will never actually see it, but since I missed the last like four or five Super Spider Mans, I have I'm way behind in my superhero movies. I I went and saw the Spider Man again last night. Uh, I went with Joe and. Uh, he hadn't seen it yet, and that's the. I was like, "Oh, let's go to a movie," and that's what he picked. So that's like people seem to really like it. So it's been yeah. very good. Yeah, uh, and then the new Batman haven't seen it yet because you got to plan about half your day around it. So it's three hours long. Oh my god, maybe a touch long. <laughs> do I mean, at that is there any point where do they do they put intermission like a break in the movies anymore? Like if it's over two and a half no. hours. Um, or are you just expected to try not to piss yourself through three hours in the movie? There was, uh, I want to say the hateful eight, the Tarantino movie that came out a few years ago had an intermission. It did indeed. Uh, that's the only one that I recall, but they took out the intermission for the home video release. Um, but other than that, uh, I know there was talk of, uh, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, because that was a bit long. Uh, that was about four hours long. If it had <laughs> been, geez. if it had been uh, released theatrically, it would have had an intermission. But I think, uh, I think if, it, if it if the movie lasts longer, then it probably would have me to pass a kidney stone. Probably needs an intermission. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that only got home, released on home video or HBO Max is what got released on, and obviously you can just pause it and then. Go do whatever <laughs> it is cool. that you do in the middle of a movie. <laughs> oh, you but, don't uh, want to know. <laughs> Somebody just need uh, to take care of business. Then, yeah. Huh? Hey, I take care of business during the movie, no matter where I'm at. <laughs> if I, I'm, I would scar my children psychologically and physically if that ever happened. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. What are you that watching? That's a lie. What That's Aquarium watching? of the Dead. This is an asylum release. <laughs> oh, you're sick. All right. Well, I'm the host, Chad. Um, and then we also have Tom. Yeah, I'm, I will be able to get you a cop date on all the... I got like the last eight Asylum releases to start there working my way through. So, and then we have Terry, who will, has different movie tastes than me and Tom. Yeah, I like to think of myself <laughs> as the wacky sidekick. He watched Turning Red just to see if there actually would show somebody having a, their period, but he was <laughs> really disappointed. I was, thoroughly. Did you no, watch I, it yet? We no, watched I haven't. It. We watched it Friday. I haven't seen Just it yet, but I assume I'm going to love it because I love Pixar. So it's, I would say it is funkier than I envisioned. It is a weird movie. I mean, it was quite good, but it's not one I think they like your kids will watch like over and over again. It's like it, to them, it was sort of mind blowing. There's like, this is such a strange movie. They, they loved it, but there's like they couldn't because it is mayhem. How, how much is it like Teen Wolf? Not as much as I was hoping. There's see, there's <laughs> okay. no real specific homage. I was hoping they have some maybe little homage, but it beginning of the story seems quite similar. Then it definitely, there is not a 50 foot tall Teen Wolf. So there's some divergence in the story, but. Uh, 
what a 15 foot tall teen wolf 50. 50. one of the red pandas is quite large oh okay. in this movie. I, I i was thinking that there was a part that i missed in teen wolf no, 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 nobody's sitting on a van. Uh, there was oh, no hardware bad. stores, or I was hoping for something named Styles, or maybe some sort of basketball uh, reference. I but mean, nothing. I think Styles would have really translated well to uh, to a kids' movie. Just an overconfident uh, geek, that's a and a homophobic it, one at that. I'm so yeah. saying. Hey, I ain't a <laughs> whoa. No, that didn't age well at all. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, that was the 80s all over. I mean, every every time you needed a cheap joke, you went to homophobia. Or cross-dressing, probably. Yeah, that was a big one, yeah. Uh, Cross-dressing, you still do. White chicks is what, like 10 years old? That's white face and (laughs) cross-dressing all together. (laughs) But probably one of the best Terry Crews cameos of all time is him and white chicks. I don't want you to melt white chocolate. (laughs) All right. So, Tom, how much should I trust the waveform that I'm seeing here? Because... Yeah, I, uh, from from where I'm sitting, it looks like you're clipping. I I don't want to oh, point me? fingers, but you know, oh, mine doesn't look at all clippy. At least when I, I look at in general, okay. it seems to uh, when when I do the uh, auto balancing and stuff at the end, it seems to turn <laughs> really well. Yeah, no, I'm I was I was amusing myself. Oh, yeah, they, I could be like not Kirby, an actual concern. I could be like in Kirby in the Forgotten Lands and like use my mouth to fully consume the microphone. Do you think maybe we should uh, check to make sure that we're recording like correctly or <laughs> before um, we do I, like an hour and a half? <laughs> well, I mean, basically it, it will do it correctly because it records all of us locally and then is uploading it in real time. Okay. Uh-huh. On uh, the little thing at the bottom, I only see the the wave thing on Terry's. Mine's flatlined. Oh, I, I see you when, when you're talking, it's moving. Okay. I, yours doesn't move when I'm, when you're talking, so. It's just Terry. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll yeah, do it again. And this is, this is riveting radio for everyone who can't see our screen. What does your waveform look like? Mm. <laughs> I mean. Oh, oh. Is it peaking yet? Oh, it sure the, is just, peaking. Just, just so the audience at home knows, I'm sure Chad has the largest waveform. I'm not flattering. I just, you know. I, I think if we were all show yeah. our waveforms, Chad's probably got the biggest. Biggest waveform. Certainly no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we call him Geoduck for a reason. But, uh, you know, I think when we were doing the podcast previously, I don't think we ever got uh, the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme episode up. <laughs> we can always go back. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, to really enjoy that. I mean, Speaking of going back and re-recording, Jean-Claude Van Damme, that was a fantastic movie. <laughs> I think I think I swore as I was trying to research crime movies that JCVD did go by at one point. Because again, like every movie in the world has some sort of crime aspect. Yeah, but Hard Target was the, the one that we reviewed, which was... Whew. Oh yeah, I, I tried to uh, block that one out. Yeah, Why was, would you want to block that out? Well, before you join, before you joined Terry, I was a uh, chattery new, but I I wasn't sure. But there is a sequel to Paul Blart Mall Cop <laughs> that I'm not sure if you've seen yet. Um, I haven't seen the first Paul Blart Mall oh, Cop. Oh, so. oh wow! So, 
You said that would be disappointed in your number one. Is it Paul Blart Malcott? <laughs> it is not. It's in my runners up though. <laughs> I would have put Paul Blart Malcott too, but I, I couldn't finish it. I tried to watch it so I could add it on my list, but I didn't get through it all today. One and a half. Uh, no beer for my horses. Oh God, that's a great movie. Yeah. Just for how I, much you guys hated that, that one. It was that, because that, that was, was my made. naked lunch. That was your naked lunch. Mm-hmm. Was your beard horses to you was naked lunch to me. Just pure repulsion and anger. <laughs> well, speaking of, in today's episode, we have our top 10 crime movies. So, so many runners up. So, may- so many maybe runners up some, on this uh, list. some good fellas, The Godfather, Blue classics Shriek. like that. Oh, yeah. Every Martin um, Lawrence movie. Cool I, gotta be, I gotta be honest. I did zero research on this one because when I thought crime movies i had no problem coming up with 10 and so i was like well those must be my favorites yeah well, i mean what's your like do i have bad boys and bad boys too or like how do i do this oh i tried to you know if, if there was a series i just represented with one movie you know i would go with the okay i would go with the best of that group yeah bad boys i i didn't have on my list and i didn't really think of it but you know i I feel like that that would be high up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. But Bad Boys or Bad Boys 2? Bad Boys 2 is probably the better movie, but Bad Boys being the first one, I find more memorable to me. I don't, Bad- I saw them in reverse order. So for me, like Bad Boys 2 is the one I appreciate more. Yeah, well, I think that's... I, I guess I'd be curious to see how successful Bad Boys 1 actually was. I feel like it was a good movie, but I think Bad Boys 2 is the, the blockbuster of that. But the thing with Bad Boys 2, though, is that the the big action scene at the end where they're driving through all the uh, crack houses and stuff. Oh, like uh, through the shanty town, right? Of Yeah. Uh, watch uh, Jackie Chan's uh, police story. And uh, that is almost shot for shot the exact same. Oh, really? Yeah, from like the 1980s. So huh. it, it did take down Bad Boys 2 a little bit in my eyes that oh. uh, they completely I, copied it. I'm kind of amazed it, now after seeing what they've done to the fast and furious anthology series. Now, how did I was kind of surprised that it didn't happen to bad boys. I feel like that's another one. They could have kept turning the crank for many, uh, many, many sequels. They probably could have, uh, but uh, just Michael, Will Smith Bay's, uh, Michael Bay was doing transformers for oh, basically okay. 15 years. So. I didn't know if it was like maybe, well, I guess Fast Furious, they actually have a lot of, you know, I'll say cost in actors and actresses. So I didn't know it was, if Will Smith got too expensive at one point. I'm sure that, that was probably part of it, too. But I know Michael Bay was the bad boys is his thing. And yeah, he was doing Transformers it. instead. And bad boys, three, bad, bad boys bad. and those Transformers ones. I'm sorry. Those were those were rough. The, yeah, Transformers is terrible, but they each made like a billion dollars. So I guess if uh, you know, I became a billionaire because I directed some terrible movies, I guess I would, I would just go do that. <laughs> Give some of that money to poor M Night Shyamalan. I don't think he's rolling in cash. Nah, uh, he keeps getting work. He kicks out a movie every couple of years. I mean, no one sees yeah. them anymore, but he makes them. I, I liked uh, the one. Uh, the split personality one, uh, James McAvoy. Split. That was the name of the movie. That's, that I was didn't, good. I didn't see that one actually yet. I did not see the sequel, but that, I have not I seen either of them. But 
it's only because I, I have a hard bias against multiple personality disorder movies because it doesn't exist. Well, I mean, it's a, basically <laughs> like a comic book movie. So, I mean. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Is, is he mean, a superhero? Isn't, that, or isn't there like some sort of weird overlap to like the. Uh, the Unbreakable. The Unbreakable. Yeah. Yeah. So ah, I mean, did not know that. Well, that was kind of a spoiler, I guess. But uh, you know what? Yeah. It's like five years old, probably. Probably more than that. Probably more than that, yeah. And uh, yeah, don't give a shit. So I spoiled you. Keep. Listening. I'll never get around <laughs> to seeing it. Why not? I just, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things to watch, you know. Like but... what? <laughs> I wa- what have you I watched, watched recently? Um. Well, I mean. We're kind of in the golden age of TV right now over movies, so I, I watch a lot of TV series, and there's a lot that have just come out. So oh, I'm very yeah, I'm busy. watching. I'm watching Home Improvement. I got it on Amazon Prime. That's not really what I meant, but yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Golden age of television. That, that's exactly. <laughs> I was like, he's talking Home Improvement. <laughs> then did you go and watch uh, Last Man Standing after it? Just kind of a, like a continuation. Yeah. yeah. Just with three girls instead of three boys. Is surprise. I, I had actually <laughs> watched all of Last Man Standing before going back, and I had seen all of. I'm pretty sure I've seen all of Home Improvement when it was literally on the air. So I'm just reliving it now. <laughs> and that made me start watching Jonathan Taylor Thomas movies. So I watched Man of the House with Chevy Chase, which is on Disney Ooh. Plus. That one's pretty good. That one's pretty. He turns on the the cold water while he's in the shower. That's rough. Yep. <laughs> Join the Indian guides. Another part that didn't age super well, but yeah, JTT, just uh, another child actor that just. I can't know. I mean, he was. I mean, he was like handsome, and he seemed to be a surprisingly good actor. I was. I'm amazed he didn't uh, turn uh, out not doing a surprisingly more. Surprisingly good actor, but I would disagree. Who he watched Man of the House though. more recently? Me. Who's That's more? True. I think I can judge his acting performance. Well, he was in Smallville, a recurring role. He was in like four episodes. So. Did he ever grow or is he still like three feet tall? No. Yeah, he, he was about two feet tall. And uh, Tom Welling in Smallville uh, was about probably a good two, two and a half feet taller than he was. So. But he could uh, turn into two people like this is separate that was a superpower pretty oh like turn pretty into turn into two entities i thought you meant he could like morph but only into just like two different people and that was the extent of it oh no. i see i mean it's just, like, he, just split. he could split conjoined him. yeah because so. yeah it, i mean sure it'd be cool to be able to transform just into one other identity but that's still pretty limiting in the superhero you know depends on who that is though that could, it's like i could, could have... be sean or shauna you know <laughs> <laughs> It's good, it's good shenanigans. <laughs> All right. A lot of flexibility uh, in the bedroom, you know. And what uh, do I want to do? What do you want to do? It's the same thing. <laughs> it's going to get weird now. Do we have any guinea pig hay left? Oh, God, we do. Lots of it. Bales. <laughs> we li- I do buy it by the bale, actually, now. <laughs> You're kidding, but I buy it by the 20 pound bale. <laughs> do you got so how, how, up? how many guinea pigs do you guys have? Uh, we're still at seven. Okay. I was, I successfully sexed them after the second batch. So, oh, shame on you. 
I'm pretty sure one of them has Prager Willie because one is like literally twice as big as any of the other guinea pigs. And it's, it's like Jabba the Hutt, the guinea pig waddling around. It's impressive. It actually has a double chin. <laughs> like, I didn't know that could happen to a guinea pig. Has a gigantic ass and a double chin is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm James learning guinea- so much. James the guinea pig. <laughs> Basically Marlon Brando in the in, inside our house. Was it like Island Dr. Moreau? <laughs> Island Brando did cover himself in uh, white chalk and Oh, he's hungry. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about some crime movies. And uh, we we watched a couple of good ones. I thought I enjoyed both Um, Reservoir Dogs, which I'm sure you guys have seen multiple times, right? I I've lost track. Yeah, it's I I still every time I watch again, though, I still kind of am surprised by how violent it is. Every time I kind of run, it's like, (laughs) wow, okay. I watched this when I was way too young. And then we also watched The Gentleman with. uh, Matthew McConaughey and many others. Yeah, it's nice, nice to see Guy Ritchie making Guy Ritchie movies again. Yeah, instead of uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, which Ooh, I didn't care for. I so for me, Guy Ritchie kind of went away for damn near a decade, and then uh, now he made a Guy Ritchie movie again. Yeah, but who is your favorite? I guess criminal in the movie. Chad and I were talking before that uh, Colin Farrell kind of stole from me as coach. Yeah, no, I think, well, and he's really the only likable character in the movie, because he's actually a good guy. He's just doing this reluctantly to save his kids, which did, you know, they did something stupid. I guess then they save him at the end, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so he was very redeemable, and, you know, and anyone who can get in a fight in a restaurant... (laughs) And give lessons while doing it. Like Freedom. explain. Just the, the knife slapping multiple times. Yeah. Stop. You're embarrassing yourselves. <laughs> like I might get lucky one day and win a fight, but I certainly won't be giving lessons to my opponent as, you know, as I win that fight. But who am I kidding? I'm, I'm never going to win a fight. I don't know. Just got to go pick fights with teenagers and uh, you might, uh, you might surprise yourself. <laughs> right out of, right out of bad Santa. I yeah. beat the shit out of some little kids today. It really made me feel good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think you turned a corner. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of beating the crap out of little kids, I, I, I think I've talked to you guys about uh, the, the Karate Kid remake with Jackie Chan. Uh, have you guys seen I've that? I've not seen this. I know it exists, but I've not okay. seen it. I don't that. think I've seen it either. Okay. Well, maybe I haven't talked to you about it, but it's one of my has one of my favorite scenes of all time. So it's Jaden Smith is the karate kid. They're doing kung fu, but who cares? Uh, the karate the kung kid, fu kid just does not flow off the as tongue. well. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah. it's in China, and it's I don't know why they call that the karate kid because of the karate kid but anywho uh there's a scene in it because jaden smith jaden smith at the time was like probably 11 or 12 years old so they had to make all the kids the same age but they kind of went beat for beat of the karate kid the original movie and uh so in the karate the original karate kid uh pat marita beats the shit out of all the all the boys (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, so who played, who's like Harry Morita? Is inappropriate in that one, yeah. <laughs> so is Jack Jackie Chan Pat Morita? Like, yeah. In a, wow, he would kill a child very easily, yeah. I think. Well, I mean, he never throws a punch, but he does beat the shit out of a bunch of 12-year-olds. <laughs> and, he probably was reading the script. He's like, I'm in. I'll never get I'm to in. do this Let's again. Do this. I'm going to get paid to beat the show of some kids. Let's... <laughs> Let's create some cinema magic. Yeah. So if you're adults beating up little kids, uh, my favorite scene of all time is the Karate Kid remake. So I highly recommend it. You can just Google it, the clips on YouTube, and just watch oh, Jackie Chan. Go. Go to watch the movie. I can just get the good stuff right there. Yeah, because the movie's terrible. Like, I mean... Is Jaden Jayden... Smith still acting? I After, like, what was it, Planet Earth? What was the Earth movie? Uh, I think... God, what was that? Uh, Earth something. Yeah, it was something Earth. It wasn't uh, Titan AE. That was that animated movie, right? Uh, let's let's go to the big brain. Hold on a second. Uh, but yeah, let's get back to the gentleman. You guys want to talk about that one first, or you pick whatever you want to do? Huh? Sure. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, the gentleman. So that is directed by Guy Ritchie. It's a, an American expat uh, tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire in London, triggering plots, schemes, bribery, and blackmail in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. Uh, and see. what a cast! Yeah, it is Matthew McConaughey is our American. Michael Pearson and. Charlie Hunnam as Ray, that's like his top lieutenant. Michelle Dockery uh, as Rosalind Pearson is his wife. Um, and uh, I uh, I thought Hugh Grant was surprisingly good as uh, kind of our narrator. It that was Hugh Grant. Because I was like, hey, he looks familiar, whoever that is. I'm like, it's Hugh Grant. But it was you like know a what? good hour in the movie. What's interesting is that he, you know, is Hugh Grant, but he was doing the, uh, the exact accent and delivery of um oh what's his name from snatch the uh the big gangster in snatch hold on let me grab his name here jason statham but no no jason statham's you know kind of a mid-level guy compared to uh the the big evil guy oh uh the old guy yeah uh hold on i'm looking it up Fook, 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 what is it? Fook, fook, fook. Ph fuck. Ph what? <laughs> fook. Uh, but I'm sorry. Anyways, keep going through the cast. Uh, then we have Colin Farrell as coach. He's uh, great. Then uh, Henry Golding as Dry Eye, uh, kind of the leader of the the Asian mafia. Uh, then who else? Uh, Jeremy Strong as uh, the rich billionaire that's trying to buy the. Uh, by the the weed infrastructure and uh anybody else of note um no uh yeah that that about covers everybody um yeah i was kind of hoping to see cameos by you know some of his uh favorite actors from the early days like uh uh was vinnie jones um Who's in both Snatch and Lockstock, um, as well as uh, actually, it would have been cool to get old Jason Statham in there. And but what can you do? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, those guys 
Well, Jason Satham probably would cost a little bit too much. And uh, Benny Jones, uh, I don't know. It's its own thing, so I'm fine. Yeah, with no, that, so. yeah, no, it's just a little tip of the hat to the, you know, to the earlier films. I, I thought might be worked in there, and, and they weren't, but it's okay. Oh, well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I when this came out, I saw the trailer. I didn't really think anything of it, so I didn't go see it. And uh, it came out right at the beginning of COVID, so. I was wondering about that, because, I mean, I knew nothing of this film. And yeah, I did not, I had, it did not look familiar at all when I pulled it up. Yeah, uh. Or wait, no, it's a year before was, COVID. It's 2019. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, I but. just I could not believe I hadn't heard about this thing. Just because, you know, it's kind of movie that I would be into. Yeah, it was quite good. It was like, uh, yeah, it, it kind of just flew under the radar. Then uh, actually Tony saw it before I did and said, told me that he watched it and said it was good. So I checked it out and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, let's see. Guy Ritchie, I'm looking up because it's kind of like the first gangster movie that he did in some time. I mean, he did. <laughs> did you see his uh, King Arthur uh, movie with uh, Charlie Hunnam? Nah. Ooh, that's that's that was bad. rough. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. It's kind of like uh, same style as Sherlock Holmes, but with King Arthur and as a period piece. Uh, so yeah, this kind of is throwback to snatch and lock stock to smoking barrels. Um, so, but yeah, and my then, actually my only criticism really of the movie is that in a way he, he's gotten a little too polished for this style because it, it just happens that I, I, I went on a bit of a guy, Richie tip, Terra a while ago and so like snatch and lockstock were both pretty fresh in my mind and those were a little grittier almost like he just you know just almost out of necessity like he didn't have the budget and stuff to do as slick of a presentation as he did in this one and i actually kind of liked that raw feel a little more of his earlier films yeah, I mean, I would say Snatch is uh, my favorite of the three. Like oh, Lockstock. by far, yeah. Uh, but I, I like this better than Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, the plot is better than Lockstock, yeah. definitely. Lockstock had eh, kind of a goofy plot, but it was still so much fun to watch that nobody cared. And then uh, all of them are better than Rock and Rolla, which I did not enjoy. Yeah, I, I watched that once and then... Promptly decided to ignore it. Well, yeah, the storyline, I, I mean, it has the unreliable narrator and Hugh Grant. So like uh, Tom and I were talking about it. Uh, some of it is a little confusing to follow because some of it's not true what's happening and it's embellished uh, by his point of view and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought he did a nice job early on of, you know, kind of letting the audience know that, like, hey, I'm going to show you, you know, this guy killing everyone in the room and then tell you, well, though, no, that's not really true. 
so that that way, you know, so the skepticism is planted early on. Yeah. I think if he uses like, let me tell you the story or let me tell you a yeah. story. <clears throat> and and repeatedly was... coming on yeah. to the guy was also pretty funny. Why don't you come sit, sit over here by me? And that was the <laughs> other really fun thing about the movie for me was presenting it as a pitch for a movie complete with, you know, screenplay lingo and you know all right give me a smash cut and they do a smash cut and you know stuff like that the self-referential thing it can suck to do that um i've seen it done badly but um this i thought it was used to really good effect and it was justified considering where the movie ended up and that was nice Uh, i still even after they mentioned i still don't know what a smash cut is Oh, it's just a hard cut where, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. No dissolves. No, not a single star wipe, though. No, no, no star wipes in the whole thing. Oh. Um, I, I did want to look up, and shit, I forgot to do this. I wanted to look up whether or not this film was shot on film. Um, because early on it's in, uh, in the spiel, he, you know, he kind of disses digital cinema. You it's know, all about like the certain millimeter film was like yeah, right in the beginning. Yeah, it was 35 millimeters film stock. And, you know, let's leave the grain in the frame, you know, all those kind of film, you know, adages. And it made me wonder, did they shoot this on film? Yeah, I mean, it looked very clean, so I don't know. I, 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 I know I it, it looked it looked digital to me, which is, you know, uh, I'm not an expert, but. Let's see. It looks like it was shot digitally. So, so negative format was Codex. Um, actually, yeah, I'm looking at the specs right now, and uh, yeah, so know. so negative format Codex means that it was it was digital, and uh, they used the Airy RAW format. Um. That probably for, wasn't as good as uh, Snatcher uh, Lockstock. <laughs> <laughs> well, and those, I'm, I can almost guarantee, were shot on film. Yeah, well, that was before. Uh, yeah, before digital totally took over. Yeah, I mean that was early two thousands, but Snatch was two thousand. So, ah, uh, yeah, um, Snatch was shot yeah. on thirty five millimeter using movie cam and Aeroflex cameras. I don't really care what movies are shot on. Some I mean, some are pretty much snobs about it, but well, I like if there's a reason for why it was shot one way or another. You know, I mean, there there can be a strong argument made for shooting a particular story on film, but if you're just doing it to shoot it on film and there's no mo- motivation behind it, you're probably just wasting a lot of somebody's money. I guess I just get to like, what would the motivation be? Like what, what, what would be improved by shooting on film versus digital? Like, uh, well, like- I mean, you can hearken back to a specific aesthetic of, you know, movies from eras past, that kind of thing. Um, and like, I've seen Soderbergh do that. And, uh, you know, uh, some of the more auteur directors will shoot on a particular film stock to get the feel of a particular, you know, era of film. But beyond that, there's, not a ton of justification for it. The only other justification that I hear pretty often um, with interviews with cinematographers and stuff is that um, 35 millimeter negative still does have much more detail than, 
you know, 4K and 8K. So if you're doing something with a lot of really textured dark tones, you know, on the darker end of the of the scale, then there there is a benefit to film because you preserve more of those details. Um, so I don't know if you're going to go back and remake seven, you would probably still want to shoot that on film, you know. Okay. Please don't. <laughs> is is the trade off being though that most theaters are digital, so you're kind of losing that quality in, anyways. Well, even when you shoot on film, um, it'll still get distributed digitally because yeah. there most theaters just don't have the capability to show film anymore, unless you get into like the art house theaters. At least that's my understanding. I, yeah. Maybe uh, uh, you might know. All the most of the like like big theaters that have like 15 screens are all digital now. Um, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find one, but there are a couple in Minnesota that, uh, that has like one or two screens that will show films and they usually show fi- like old movies. Yeah. On film. Do you know what they are? Do you know which theaters? Uh, there's one in Columbia Heights. Uh, God, I can't remember. Uh, but I, I know can't. if you don't know off the top of your head, that's fine. I've yeah. never been there because I mean, I don't really go see old movies in theater too much. Uh, I've gone to but, see uh, certain films just because I never had the experience of seeing them on the big screen. Um, but no, it's, it's terrifically rare. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Heights theater in Columbia Heights is, uh, ah. and I know they, they have a projector. Um, but, uh, but yeah, pretty much, Almost any new movie that you go see is going to be digital because uh, it's a lot easier to send uh, send that out than a bunch of reels. You don't have to hire a projectionist really to uh, to like screen the movie and because uh, like now DRM, it's just, you, yeah yeah. So I mean, they they basically killed an entire job with uh, <laughs> with this. Now it's just you go hit a button. Before, you know, you had to... But the thing is, is if those digital projectors aren't, you know, maintained and calibrated correctly, you can end up going to see a movie with that's, you know, maybe a little washed out or something just because the theater is not correctly tending oh, yeah. to their projectors. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, there, there's there's trade offs either way. Yeah, well, it's uh, a lot cheaper for the theaters to do digital than. Oh yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it, digital is cheaper all through the chain from production to distribution. It's all cheaper to do it digitally. Um, my understanding is that if you want to shoot on a particular film stock nowadays, that you actually have to like pay the company to start making that stock again because a lot of them aren't available. Really? Yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, it wouldn't is, surprise me. This is from film geeks on the internet, so take it with a you know truckload of salt. But that is what I've heard. Uh, I mean, I gotta imagine like Kodak is still making plenty of thirty-five millimeter for for movies and stuff. Because I mean, a lot of the big-time directors still shoot on film. I know Christopher Nolan does, J.J. Abrams does, uh, pretty much anybody that's younger or older than forty years old probably is shooting on film because that's. That's what they they've always done, basically. Unless you're George Lucas, then you'll uh, <laughs> then you'll push really hard for digital and make all the theaters change because yeah. fuck them, apparently. Um, uh-huh. 
Because <laughs> fuck those theaters, apparently. Well, now um, they they should be thanking them because now all the it's all a lot cheaper. So true. Um, so. It would be interesting, and you know, maybe uh, another podcast somewhere else will take this up. But it'd be interesting to know the ratio of film to digital productions. Is that something like is like does IMDb is there an easy way to like surface that like how it was. Oh, yeah, you can look up pretty much any movie and find out what it was shot on. Okay. Yeah, it's under the technical specs towards the bottom. So I think with, I bet they have an API where you probably could write a little script to, to tell you that percentage pretty quickly, like for a given year or something. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I don't care <laughs> that much. But, you know, someone out there probably could. All right. Well, back to the movie. Uh, so I think it's pretty. Colin Farrell stole the movie. Everybody enjoyed his character the most. Yep. Ironically, I thought McConaughey's was the least interesting performance of the whole movie. Yep. Uh, I would agree. Uh, it's just kind of, I don't know. I think he's just kind of the but character it, that you put yourself into. And, yeah. Well, he, he didn't have a whole lot to work with because while the film was about him, I don't think he, I mean, if I think if you were to time it out, he, he had the mind the minority of screen time by far. Um, so, I mean, he was kind of a supporting character with a role that didn't, you know, give him tons of meat to chew on, you know, but. Yeah. I, I really liked uh, uh, Henry Golding as dry. Eye. I thought he was good. He was great. Uh, yep. And then, uh, then Hugh Grant, who I already talked about uh, Colin Farrell. Then, um, Charlie Hunnam, who is, you know, sometimes I really like him and other times I just, I don't even know how he gets a job. Uh, I thought he was really good in this one. Um, other movies that you might see, uh, Pacific Rim, he's the main character in that. And, uh, Ooh, okay. Yeah. It, it, he was bad in that, that movie. He did not, not he was not in flow. He was not in the flow in that no, movie. No, he was not in flow. Ugh, that was, <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> Uh, but then in this, he's really good. And so, uh, kind of watch Pacific Rim again. I greatly enjoyed that movie. It, it was a good movie. And, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, guy from the wire. Um, the black guy, uh, can't think of his name. The black James Bond. I've never seen the wire. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I found <laughs> out the character name I was trying to think of and the actor name. Uh, Bricktop from the movie Snatch. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, he's played by Alan Ford. And if you listen to his character's delivery, um, I swear to God, um, they, he, Guy Pierce, or not Guy Pierce, um, Guy Ritchie was writing the same character in this movie um, as he did when he wrote that character in Snatch. Because the, the lines in the delivery are, are very similar. And it's a clearly the, an accent from the similar part of, uh, from England. Yeah, no. I, and they both narrate parts of the movie where oh, yeah. they're talking about other characters as well. So, um, yeah, Pacific Re- Idris Elba is, uh, I couldn't think of his name. Uh, but, well, it's a weird name. I love the guy to death, but it's a weird name. But, uh, in fact, I think I've, I probably say it differently every time I try to say it just cause I'm never sure. So it comes out like 
So I, I Idris, <laughs> Idris, Elba, Elba, Alba, Abba. Yeah. I mean, he, I love him. He, I've loved him ever since The Wire, but. But he was fantastic in Pacific Rim. He kind of made the movie outside of the like, action scene and special effects. Did you ever watch Luther? I watched the first season. So. Okay. He was great in that, too. All right, let's uh, move over to the Reservoir Dogs, which, you know, if you're listening to a very obscure movie podcast, you probably have seen Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, I guess I didn't know. I mean, else we could talk about, but I feel like there's maybe not quite as much to add to a movie that's... So tell me about this Reservoir Dogs. When a simple jewelry heist goes horribly wrong, the surviving criminals begin to suspect that one of them is a police informant. But they never show the actual robbery. It's just around the robbery. Yeah, just around the robbery. 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 (laughs) Uh, This is Quentin Tarantino's first, uh, it's his directorial debut. Oh, I guess I didn't know that. I guess I didn't realize this was his first first. Yeah, and like he exploded on the scene with this one. He, I mean, yeah, all over your face. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, independently, Reservoir Reservoir Dogs was a huge hit. Um, so, was a True Romance before this or after? After, after, okay. And actually, he just wrote True True Romance. He didn't direct that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was just wondering if he wrote True Romance, and based on that movie, he got this was able to fund this. But yeah, no, he he got this made I and I don't know exactly how he ended up how he got Reservoir Dogs off the ground, but I know that, you know, once once that did really well, um then of course he got to make lots of stuff after that. And thank God cuz his movies are kind of just they're always awesome, even if they don't end up being one of your favorites. You you never Not forget it. Not always awesome, but you know. Okay, well, which one wasn't awesome? Huh? The Hateful Eight was. Uh... It was definitely his weakest film. I'm with you. Yeah. Like, if I had to rank all of the Tarantino movies, that would be at the bottom. <coughs> but, <coughs> excuse me. But partially just because of the horrible ham-handed, um, exposition he does right after the intermission where he tells you in his own voice uh, a bunch of information that wasn't shown before about the poisoning and blah, blah, blah. And I can't tell you how much I hate that. I've seen the movie three times. I hate it every time. And uh, yeah, it really hurt the movie for me. Yeah. I, I've only seen it the one time when we went and saw it. And that, that was a, uh... Speaking of film, since we were talking about, uh, we went and saw the 70 millimeter print. That yeah, was we did. Shown in Minnesota. So that, and uh, the reason, part of the reason why I know so much about like digital projectors and stuff, when that movie came out, like there was a big thing that was being projected on 70 millimeter. And where it went, they, out, they were having trouble finding projectionists to actually show the movie because all of the guys were out of work. So they had to like or dead. I mean, yeah. a lot of them were old. <laughs> yeah, so so they were having problems like all over the country because like wherever it opened, that was showing the seventy millimeter print. Like they're burning through the film a lot. Uh, they couldn't get to work, and there's yeah all sorts of problems. But uh, 
But no, uh, they never tried that shit again. <laughs> no, that was the only time they've done it. So uh, now it's like every once in a while, like a IMAX will do a seventy millimeter. Like I know Ben Hur got released for a short time on seventy millimeter. Uh, All right, but uh, yeah, Reservoir Dogs, uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino, wrote, written by Quentin Tarantino, starring Harvey Keitel as Mister White, Tim Roth as Mister Orange, Michael Madsen as Mister Blonde. Chris Penn as Nice Guy Eddie, Steve Buscemi as Mr. Pink, uh, then Lawrence Tierney as Joe Cavett. And, Which, uh, um, there's some interesting backstory to Lawrence Tierney in this movie. So. Oh, go for it. Oh, just that um, apparently he was such a pain in the ass to work with that Tarantino actually fired him and people had to intervene and like, you know, phone calls were made and blah, blah, blah. And eventually Tarantino rehired him. But, um, yeah, apparently they just clashed hard, which what I mean, do you, mean it, you don't tip. Well, and if you know, <laughs> you know, kind of the legend of Lawrence Tierney, I mean, he was a Hollywood tough guy. He was always getting in trouble for, you know, fights and bars and all this stuff. And I guess, as I understand it, that stuff kind of ended up hurting his career after a while. Cause um, cause he really was this sort of kind of a dick. Yeah. Kind of a drunken bar fighting asshole. And, uh, you know, some people don't act, they just live it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's Lawrence Tierney and Reservoir Dogs almost didn't make the cut was almost fired. Well, he's not in it too much, so I don't think it would have been. Yeah, no, shit, he could have reshot those scenes. But, you know, I mean... It was good in it, though. Yeah, Tarantino being Tarantino, you know why he hired Lawrence Tierney is because he knew of, you know, Tierney's earlier work and his reputation and stuff and wanted him in the movie. I'm sure that's why he went for Harvey Keitel as well. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, I believe this was the first movie that I ever saw Tim Roth in way back in the day. Really? Um, Yeah. what the the Shakespeare movie that was before this, wasn't it? Okay, maybe, but I didn't uh, notice the name of that movie. Then. Uh, probably a Shakespeare title. I don't know. No, it's the the two side characters, Gary Oldman, Tim Roth. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Holy shit, yeah. you're right. So this isn't the first movie I saw yeah. Tim Roth in, but I didn't know who. Tim Roth I know you were history more than you do. And that doesn't surprise me. I, <laughs> I was really high for a lot of it. Um, Rosen, there's a movie called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are undead. Oh, really? And they're zombies? Uh, 2009. Ah. I was just typing but, it in. Don't know how I missed that. Um, yeah, that doesn't look very good. But Reservoir Dogs was also one of the movies that made me fall in love with Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Steve Buscemi ended up being in most of Tarantino's movies uh, for a good while. Yeah, I mean, talk about just fucking great luck as an actor. And I, I I know it's because he's talented and not just because he's lucky. But, I mean, he became a favorite of Tarantino and of the Coens. Like, that's pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, this movie, I mean, it's been copied quite a bit. Uh, the whole... Nonlinear storytelling became very popular uh, after this in uh, Pulp Fiction. 
Well, yeah. And I mean, I kind of feel like Reservoir Dogs was almost like a proof of concept for Tarantino to then be able to go ahead and make Pulp Fiction. Because you can see kind of a lot of the ideas that that formed Pulp Fiction were sort of tested in Reservoir Dogs. Um, at least that's the way I like to think of it is... You know, he he got to try some things out in Reservoir Dogs and then perfect it for Pulp Fiction. Yeah, uh, and Tom, uh, what what did you you said was too violent, too too much for you? Yeah, I guess just <laughs> as I've gotten older, I guess I have less stomach for the and like Hateful Eight, like you mentioned, some of the other Tarantino movies is the. I mean, not that it's bad, but the sometimes the ultra violence I find a little harder to get through these days for me. Fair enough. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess if I'm going to see violence, I want it presented in an ugly, visceral way and not glossed over. If that makes sense. I mean, yeah. what do you think, of, you know, for the comparison, like when I think of the gentleman, you know, most of the severe violence was indirectly, I guess, referenced or kind of happened off just off camera. Is yeah, that something I mean, you prefer that or do you like I want to see the brains coming out. and I, I guess what I'm referring it. to more is the comparison between like the violence in Reservoir Dogs as compared to the violence in, say, your average blockbuster superhero movie. Um, I mean, pound for pound, there's way more violence in the superhero movie, but it's just, you know, it's, it's glossy. It's eye candy. It's, it's, it's robots and uh, aliens. Oh, you right, know, right. You can kill all those, no problem. <laughs> Right, whereas a violent act in a Tarantino movie feels like a violent act, and I think carries with it the weight that a violent act should. Uh, but that—that's my taste. That's not for everyone, and I get that. Yeah, I guess I guess it's that type of violence that I find harder to stomach because I guess I'm not bothered necessarily by the violence of a Marvel movie. But yeah, it was sometimes tough to watch. So. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the scenes at a reservoir dog, she's like, "Oh yeah, man!" Yeah. When, he, when he cuts off the ears, uh, well, that, I mean, that's it? famous. Yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone winces was, oh, at that one. It's a... <laughs> but uh, one thing that on this rewatch that I noticed that kind of bugged me was so they're trying to get away during the robbery. They're they run from the police, and uh, he's they. Uh, Mr. Brown has just been shot and they had to get a new car and they, he gets in front of this lady and the lady reaches in and grabs a gun out of the glove box. And, uh, yeah. Why did she put the car in park? <laughs> put your hazards on. Let's put parking brake on. You know, Cause the car doesn't start rolling away after she, he shoots her. <laughs> She's obviously doesn't have her foot on the brake anymore. Like, well, you don't know. I mean, it could just be resting there on the brake. No, she turned sideways. So, and then okay, she's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> so she put the car in park. So, for all well, the listeners, it, if you're yeah, getting it, carjacked, you, you duck under and hit the hit the gas and just go. <laughs> that would have been the smarter move. Although, in her in in fairness, I mean, she, she killed Mister Orange. I mean, well, no, I mean. She shot him, but well, she that paid comes, for that for, with her life. Though. Yeah, but I mean, that comes down to the whole debate at the end. Is, did Harvey Keitel shoot Tim Roth or not? I always assume that he did. 
you do hear a gunshot that you think yeah. is probably him shooting Tim Roth. So, OK, fair enough. Harvey Keitel truly killed Mr. Orange. But I mean, she she helped. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's the shot of Harvey Keitel shooting Mr. Orange. And then once that shot happens, then the that's when the police that are surrounding him. Yeah. You know, feel I, free to shoot Harvey Keitel. I mean, you you hear the gunshots in the background. I always hope that Mr. Pink got away. <laughs> no, no, he died. Literally everyone dies in this movie because yeah. that's sort of the point. Um, well, I know, but, you know. Because if I understand what a reservoir <laughs> dog is correctly, is it, wasn't there a problem in L.A. for a long time of dogs that had basically turned feral and basically kind of lived around the, the reservoirs in L.A. and they would attack people and attack each other and i i heard that from you so you're the one that told me so okay well i was probably I, I, I lying would... so i don't know that we should trust that <laughs> it sounds right no i mean right? it, it it played into the plot of a of a punk movie called suburbia that came out in the early 80s i remember that suburbia a, yeah when that there's a steve zahn movie that came out in the 90s no, no, no. This is a different same one? title, but good decade okay. earlier. And I think it was a decade earlier. I'm going to double check that. All right. Uh, but, but has Flea in it. So that's exciting. Um, 1983 is when Suburbia came out and it was directed by Penelope Spheris. I don't know who that is. Um, I, I was believe- thinking of. Suburbia with a capital U, starring Giovanni Ribisi and Steve Zahn in 1996. Also a very compelling film. <laughs> I like that movie. It's good. I haven't seen it in so long. I don't remember it's if I like it. It's Richard Linklater. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Hmm. It's uh, just after, I think it's a couple years after uh, Dazed and Confused. Same okay. type of movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, back to Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I mean, it's a classic. I mean, many people have tried to copy it, and uh, all have failed. Actually, there was a yeah. weird rash in the late '90s of poor the Tarantino imita- ripoff. Yeah, yeah, poor imitations of Tarantino films. What was that one? Three Days in the Valley, or something yeah, like with, that. Uh, and, yeah, well, uh, James Spader and that. Ooh, yeah, that was, it, not that was good. Bad. And, you know, I I can even tell these directors what they got wrong, why it wasn't as good as a Tarantino version. Um, Think about Mr. Pink, not Mr. Pink, Mr. Orange bleeding in the backseat of that car after he got shot and just kind of freaking out. And he thinks he's going to die. Think about how long Tarantino sits on that shot. Uh, It's a lot of pressure for the actor. I mean, Tim Roth really had to bring it. But the fact that he did... I mean, it made the situation so real and immediate. And a lot of these other imitation films, they don't take that kind of time to focus on the part of the scene that really matters. And Tarantino is great at that. Yeah, I mean, that's a kind of a common thing in all modern movies that they don't uh, stay on a shot long enough. And the, the movie yeah, kind of it's feels so impatient. Uh, it's just, frenetic you know, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, because like uh, they 
there was a Star Wars comparing like Empire Strikes Back to like uh, the Last Jedi and and how you know there's certain scenes that you know there's like ten cuts in the uh, more modern one, whereas the the old movies you know nice twenty second cut and, and I don't know. Uh, other people have described it better than I ever could. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, it's definitely one of the things that I tend to like more about, you know, lower budget, less produced movies is that, um, you know, they, in a lot of times they can't afford to do 10 different angles on one action. And so, the, you know, takes will end up being longer. Hell is, wasn't it Rodriguez who his first film, uh, was it um road killers no uh, what uh, was this first movie? strangers in paradise was that a hold on i gotta double check this because i don't want to lead people astray but um yeah i think the whole shit i think the whole film is shot in master ah damn it can't maybe i'm saying the wrong movie um but yeah famously Shot and master. Um, Road racers. That's what I was. No, I'm I'm thinking of a different director. Clearly, um, talk amongst yourselves while I figure this out. El Mariachi is uh, was his first movie, right? Right, but go. that but that wasn't all that, shot that's and not master. The one? I'm not. Okay. I'm thinking of a different director. Uh, oh god, the director who did like uh, was that one with Tom Waits and um, oh. Uh, down by law? Yeah. Uh, uh, what's that was, director's name? I'm. Well, I'll look it up. Let's uh, check it out. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking it up. Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. Thank you, God. Why couldn't I think of that? Holy crap! I'm getting old, man. You're always talking about Jim Jarmusch. I know. I'm getting old. <laughs> Shit! I'm gonna start forgetting my own name and forgetting. <sighs> Who are you again? Jerk off in the morning. It's just gonna be chaos. Uh, um, you're saying that like that's a bad thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but no, one of his earliest movies, um, Stranger Than Paradise. Um, yeah, the whole thing is shot in in master, like just one shot, because uh, he couldn't afford to do close ups, so he didn't. <laughs> I think that's a great reason to just do one shot. Yeah. All right, should I mean, we go into the close-up? No, film costs money. We're just moving on. Keep it moving. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's usually all innovations in uh, movies are because we didn't have enough money to do it this way. Right. So. Or the technology didn't exist yet. Yeah. Like uh, Jaws, like, oh, we would have had the shark anymore, but the damn thing didn't work at all. <laughs> right. And <laughs> ended up being a better movie. Way better. Can you imagine if you saw the shark a lot? Totally would have ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, so, Reservoir Dogs, gentlemen. I thought pretty similar type movies, kind of. Uh, yeah. I mean, if if I had to, eras. yeah, if I had to pick between the two, Reservoir Dogs is more my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also a sucker for Guy Ritchie films, except for the Sherlock movies. So, you know, I liked I liked The Gentleman as well. Yeah, you should watch uh, the the King Arthur Guy Ritchie movie. And uh, add well, that into the ones that you don't like. <laughs> it sounds like I would. I, also, um, 
I, I I don't know. I'm weird about this, but for me, Shakespeare is always a hard sell on film. I I've seen stage productions that I just adored, but for is some King reason, Arthur uh, Shakespeare? Yeah, I mean, is it? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, for I some reason, on, really... for some reason on film, like Shakespeare. Shakespeare just doesn't work as well as it does on yeah, stage. This is and I definitely, can't. definitely not Shakespeare. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like both movies a lot. And uh, I, Wait, I like what, what is the title? King Arthur. Yeah, that's Shakespeare. Okay. I swear it is, isn't it? I don't Shit, know. King, I always think of King Arthur. Making... Now you're making me question reality. Legend of the Sword, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Or yeah. wait, now I am mixing it up with uh with something else. Okay. Uh but anyways, I like the Reservoir. No, Dogs that more, no, but, we got to but... we got to stop and linger on that cuz that's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> hey. <laughs> which which it, Shakespeare... it won't be the last embarrassing thing any of us says, so. Yeah, no, but what <laughs> which Shakespeare play am I mixing this up with? Uh, there's a bunch of them, man. <laughs> with like King in the title? Yeah. It... So, Tom, which uh, do you prefer? Reservoir Dogs or The Gentleman? It sounds the, like The Gentleman was... The Gentleman, a... I think, was more maybe maybe just like a, a, chair, like you said, it's a little more slick and I guess maybe the more refined future version of sort of the Reservoir Dogs storytelling where and, and just it was new to me. So I had yeah. not seen it before. So I, I think that just makes it more interesting for me as of today. Yeah. And I, I'd say The Gentleman is a lot more fun to watch. Like it's not as dramatic. It's a kind of a more entertaining movie to sit down and watch and rather than a very heavy movie like the Reservoir Dogs. So figure out that uh shakespeare we're gonna keep moving yeah, on but no 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 keep keep moving i'm looking i'm just i mean obviously i got it wrong but like i'm just wondering like how like what was i mixing <laughs> it up with was it king lear, king lear. King that lear. maybe i was mixing it up with king lear I don't know. It's just when you said it for some reason my brain went to shakespeare and we were talking about shakespeare before I, man, and it was medieval times. Yeah, King Arthur wore this big fur coat that looked like a pimp. <laughs> really? In the movie, in the Guy no Ritchie shit. one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the. I can see going that direction with it. All right, so I think maybe you know all those drugs I did when I was younger really caught up to me after a while. Huh? Okay, hey, moving on. It's bound to happen eventually, right? I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we talked about a couple of crime movies. Now we're going to talk about our top 10 crime movies uh, all time. All time. So maybe one of the movies that we watched are, is on somebody's list. It could, could be. be. Um, nope. You know, but now I'm questioning whether or not any of my movies are even movies. You know, like, did it I actually see these TV or were shows. they just... Were, were they just like, you know, fever dreams or something? I can't be confident anymore. Uh, is the Sopranos on your list? Uh, no, no. No? All right, then. Definitely movies, then. 
Okay. All right. Uh, I picked it, so I guess I'll go first. Uh, go for number it. Man. 10. Number 10. If you hadn't noticed by the accents, Minnesota. Uh, is Fargo, it, Far- is it Fargo or? Fargo. Oh, you betcha. That's yeah. a good one. There you go. Uh, Fargo, number 10. Coen Brothers uh, spawned a TV show. And, uh, you know, it won what? Uh, two or three Academy Awards? So I, I feel like people are in agreement with me that this is a top 10. <laughs> Fair enough. It is on my runners up. Absolutely. Uh, then number nine, I have True Romance. We kind of talked a little bit about it, starring Christian Slater. An underappreciated film, in my opinion. Yeah, lots of crime, drug I deals. Gonna, I thought you were going to say True Lies, and then, then I got disappointed. <laughs> um, did, isn't it Val Kilmer playing Elvis in the background? Yeah, Val on that Kilmer one? plays yeah. Elvis. And Brad Pitt plays the, the stoner roommate. Yeah, he does. <laughs> the, the scene where they come in and question him cracks me up. Oh, you guys want to hit this? <laughs> uh, fun in the original like cut of the movie, they kill him after they question him. But people were so upset by that they they changed it so that he lives. Yeah, man. Nah, you you can't kill Stunner Brad Floyd? Pitt, man. Yeah, it was Floyd, right? <laughs> I think that was his character's name, but it's Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number eight. He needs to go back to doing those roles. I don't know. He was good at it. Uh, he was. As very long good. as he doesn't do Interview with the Vampire ever again, then I'll be. Oh, come I'll on. I like Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> you should go watch it again. I have. It's awful. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's bad. I love Tom Cruise, too. And. It's bad. Uh, number eight, I have Snatch. We talked about that a little bit. Appears on another list. <laughs> then number seven, uh, a Tom Cruise movie, Collateral, directed by Michael Mann, also Ooh, starring Jamie Foxx. Uh, Jamie Foxx plays a taxi driver that uh, is driving around a hitman, doing all the uh, all unknowingly his at first, but yeah. then you know, once the fat guy lands on his cab, then you know, then he suspects something. Something's up. <laughs> I'm gonna keep driving him around though. Uh, then <laughs> number six, I have uh, probably a little low on list uh, for most people. Goodfellas, with uh, you know, yeah, it's on my, it's on, it's on my runners up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, it's almost like too obvious to to name. Well, I just, I mean, it's a great movie, but. How how many times do you go back and rewatch that one? You know, it's just it's not the most enjoyable movie to watch, is I guess my take on it. Yeah, and it's a bit long. It is a bit long. <laughs> uh, but Ray Liotta was great in it. Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. So, I mean, I'd say like any like mafia crime. Yeah, if we're TV doing show, if we're doing yeah. a mafia movie list, it would be very high ranked. Mm-hmm. Uh, then number this five, is just crimes, man. Just crimes, just crime. Crim- criminal activity. Um, number five, I have Baby Driver. Which he's a getaway driver doing crimes, and he's a baby. <laughs> His name's Baby. And, and, and I see that. I, like, I think a boss baby now. It's like I just can't get that out of my mind. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, 
Strangely, it's very similar to Drive, which came out right around that time. Is that Ryan Gosling was Baby Driver? Who was? That was Drive. That was Drive, Uh, yeah. Drive, okay. Yeah. Uh, They're not, I mean, they're both getaway drivers, but that's kind of where the similarities end, I would say. (laughs) Sorry, in the background, my kid is being forced to go to bed, so. No! No! Uh, but it's an Edgar Wright movie, did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. So it's uh, different than those. Uh, but clearly, this this is, I would say Hot Fuzz is the only movie I like better than than Baby Driver of all his movies. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I'm still Shaun of the Dead all the way. Yeah. It's too bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, number four had, had this title like, before we found out about all the people that were in it and it's the usual suspects. <laughs> I mean, it's on my runners up. <laughs> it's a classic. I, I, still, I, mean. I still like the movie, but it's got Kevin Spacey directed by Brian Singer. <laughs> There's no, I mean, probably some, some bad shit that went down on the set of this movie. Yeah, no, I mean, the set was probably pervy, but it's still a great movie. I mean, <laughs> you said rape twice. <laughs> uh number three uh catch me if you can with uh tom hanks leonardo dicaprio it's a classic i think uh, more of a modern modern yeah, you, classic not a lot of films result revolve around something as you know mundane as check forgery but they found a way it was good. Yeah. Uh, then number two, uh, L.A. Confidential. On another list. Yeah. Uh, God, who dir- I can't remember who directed that, but, you know, it had a great cast, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey doing a lot of crime movies. And so, yes, yes. Yeah. And probably behind the scenes <laughs> doing a lot of crime real life yeah. at the same time. <laughs> he seems really good at this. No, I mean, fact of the matter is, is Kevin Spacey's a phenomenal fucking actor. And you just have to accept that, okay, behind the scenes, apparently he was not a great guy, but you can still enjoy his movies. Yeah, it's pretty lucky that all of his accusers have died in suspicious circumstances. (laughs) See, that just makes it all the easier, you know, just. Out of sight, out of mind, people. It's, there you go. Uh, and then number one, I have Heat, starring Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, Val Kilmer. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. kind of is the definitive crime movie. If you say crime yeah. movie, everyone thinks of Heat. Yeah. For better or worse. That's, that's there, what I thought of as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I still am convinced that you could edit that film back by half an hour. But, you it know. It is what it is. Yeah. She's got a great ass. <laughs> you got your head all the way up. It. That was pretty good, Chad. <laughs> that was a pretty good De Niro, yes. <laughs> no, that, that was Pacino. Pacino. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I honestly have never fully watched Heat. I couldn't make it through it. It was too <laughs> have long. You, have you, you seen The Dark Knight? Bank Heist? Was that? Oh, uh, have you seen uh, The Bank Heist? Like the when they actually robbed the bank? I have not. Honestly, you could go watch that. Like it's about twenty minutes long. Yeah, and that's it's that's probably most one of the, the best. Yeah. One of the best robbery scenes ever in a movie. It's, okay. it's fantastic. Um, and you don't have to watch Heat if you've seen The Dark Knight. So oh, I mean, okay. yeah. I have seen The Dark Knight, right? Because uh, 
he pretty much took his inspiration for the Dark Knight from the movie Heat. Hmm. That makes me maybe want to watch it. Well, I would say, do I want to watch more now or not? Well, That's and it. what I mean by that is is by how the the movie presents itself and the crimes and stuff. A lot of that was modeled after Heat. He didn't want okay. it to feel like a superhero movie in some fictional city. He want, I mean, it's pretty obviously Chicago and the Dark Knight. So the city that starts with a C ends in an O, and the middle is Hecag. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that was my top 10. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, you, you really just got to pick someone because whenever you right. say, uh, who wants to do what? We all just sit and stare at each other. Uh-huh. I'll just keep talking then. Uh, all right. Great show, guys. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> uh, you bet. All right, Tom, why don't, you, why don't you start off with your number 10? All right, I am getting it up here so I can try to see you guys at the same <laughs> time. That's what she said. Because I, I want to see, I want to look in the eye while I say this stuff. I assumed you got it up the second you saw us. There we go. <laughs> okay, it is fully up now. We're, we're All right. A grade. All right, so I, I had a lot of runners up, but my number 10, I unfortunately, I think I interpreted this differently maybe than I was supposed to. Um, I think I mostly looked at comedy crime well, movies fine. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I expected so, nothing less. Uh, so number 10 is Baywatch. Oh, the Rock and uh, Zac Efron one? Yep, it is all about yeah. the heights. You're trying to break down a drug ring. <laughs> it is totally a crime movie, so yeah, it, I'll allow it. it. It's valid. <laughs> it's just kind of amazing because that's the first time that's ever appeared on a top 10 list. Yeah, yeah. Zac Efron when they're hiding in the morgue <laughs> and the the uh, melted fat from a cadaver goes into his mouth. is a, a scene that I laughed very hard at. <laughs> It wasn't a bad movie. <laughs> Terry was saying it's like a bad movie. Why wouldn't it be in the top 10? It clearly is not bad. Demonstrably in the top 10. I have to admit <laughs> I skipped that one. I Sometimes I'll skip a movie just based on assumptions. That was one of those times. Or it could be a movie that you saw more than once in the theater. You know, different situations, different people. <laughs> All right, number nine. Number nine is Weekend at Bernie's. It's <laughs> good. There's, you, it is literally a walking crime. Yeah, it is. The entire it is, movie. I always love your top ten list, Tom, because like no one could predict them. Now, like you could you could have given me a month, and that's all I had to do is twenty four seven was sit and try to figure out what your top ten list would be, and I still would not have come up with Weekend at Bernie's. What did they do that was illegal in Weekend at Bernie's? Uh, tra- traipsing a cadaver around the entire movie. That's illegal? I'm pretty yeah, you- sure it's legal to have a dead body, not in the morgue. Especially if know. it's not like your relative. They're being framed for this crime. They're trying to get away. Yeah, I'm with Tom. I don't think you can legally do that. All right, well, keep going. Yeah, so in my mind, it was the ultimate crime movie because they literally are with a dead man the entire time. Chad's going to check the statutes, see where it is and is not legal. That's actually good information to have anyway, so I think we should know that. On top. Again, this is probably state dependent, so we are looking, I'm assuming, at Minnesota. Can I live with a dead person is what Chad's searching now. Number eight is Beverly Hills Cop. Ooh, that's a, that's a legit choice, I would say. Uh, what, what, which one? Uh, I'm sorry. I was Beverly Hills Cop was yeah, my number that, eight. I, I've always liked Beverly Hills Cop 2 more than the first one. I guess I was I would agree with you. I was using it because it says 
presenting yeah, these series. But, but more specific, I do pick different ones in series down the road, though, uh, in the list here. Number seven, this is just, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. This is Dragnet with Dan Aykroyd and uh, Tom Hanks. That was a great movie. <laughs> Pagan, sorry. <laughs> People against goodness and normalcy. I, I still use Emil yeah. Muzz for a lot of my like online handles, is Emil Muzz. <laughs> nice. Don't worry, kids, it'll grow back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number six is uh, Naked Gun Two and a Half. An Ooh. excellent film by any measure. <laughs> six foot two mustache. It's awfully big mustache. <laughs> this I, I think I've told Chad, but Terry, this is like a Leslie Nielsen movies is my new marker for how young my medical students are. Is like if they know who Leslie Nielsen is, and really, vast majority don't know who he is. Oh, that's sad. It is kind of sad. We need to teach a class. I, I make them watch on YouTube the six foot two mustache scene just so they understand <laughs> his genius number five for me is super troopers super yeah i mean that's drugs drugs all over the place yeah. uh and i thought super troopers too was great as well it's pretty that is such a weird movie how that yeah. ever got made is beyond me but that <laughs> which one has the first one the first which, one is by far a much better movie. Which one had the meow thing in it? That, that is number one. one. Okay, yeah. that's the one I saw, and that had me rolling. I, <laughs> some, I loved that. <laughs> some pretty impressive cameos, though, in Super Troopers 2. Yeah. But, where you're not quite sure how they got the uh, <laughs> how they got these actors to show up in that movie and do what they did. All right, so is it legal to weekend at Bernie's someone? It's, it's not legal. Uh, but... Uh, you can, you know, transport a dead person if you are the deceased person's legal next of kin, or the legal next of kin has asked you to transport the deceased person, and they did not pay you to do that. Okay, pay you. So it's really you get into licensing issues. Is yeah. Kind so of if you're a mortician, deal. I think you could find enough legal loopholes. You could do that. <laughs> you could weaken the burning. <laughs> Hey, I'm being paid to transport this body. I am licensed. And going to the we casino just, buffet. We just did not have a car, so we're walking with him. And uh Okay. No money changed hands. No money would have to change hands in that scenario. I, well, no, I mean I guess I suppose uh, you know, funeral director can do favors for people. Yeah. You know. Well, I think Chad said you had to have done it for no pay. For it to be legal, yeah, yeah. Unless so you're a no mortician. money can exchange hands for it to be legal. If you pay yeah. me to weekend at Bernie's, all of a sudden I'm in jail. Yeah, because uh, if you're a mortician, you get paid to do it. But right, right, if you're not licensed mortician, you can't accept money to do it. I would do it so, for fun. I'm just yeah. throwing that out there, people. But that unfortunately, I would do it for fun. Uh, th- they expect you to. The person will be decently buried and cremated within a reasonable time after death. A reasonable so. time. That sounds like you've got that's legal. You got a football field there to work with. I mean, reasonable it's very for you. Vague. Yeah. Reasonable for me is a three day weekend. You know. Let's... Hey, it was a nice place. Uh, it really was three. very luxurious. Number three for me is a movie that I guess I didn't expect to like as much as I did, which is Logan Lucky. Yeah, with uh. Uh, got uh, Daniel Channing Craig, Tatum. yeah, Daniel Craig, Channing Tatum, um, Adam Driver. Driver. Yeah, a, I've made just because yeah, it was a, it was a heist movie. movie of from dumb people. 
and they <laughs> made it. It was such a dumb plan. It was genius that it worked. <laughs> um, my number two, though, I had to specify the exact one is Fast Five, solely Fast for five. the bank vault chase scene. Uh, Fast Five, I will say, is the only truly great movie from the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, like, I, I would recommend that to any action movie fan. Fast Five is fantastic. Uh, it and it now, completely was, changed the the trajectory of the series. Now, is that, that the? I was going to ask, is that the one where for some reason it became? heist movies after yeah. that okay yeah, exactly. dragging the bank vault like yeah. literally down the highway destroying everything because before that them. there was no they weren't like teams of robbers they were like car racers right yeah they they raced cars and like the first movie they hijacked trucks and that's what uh paul walker's character is assigned to uh go go catch him oh, okay. break style uh and then you get more into like uh drug dealing and the Second one, the third one is basically all street racing. It takes place in Japan, and then uh, fourth one is uh, more drugs. Getting how they get the drugs from the Mexico to the U.S. and and then uh, fifth one was just a heist movie where all of a sudden they can do uh, you know hack government uh, computer that's systems. Where, that's where they became and, the family because it was yeah. all our family there. <laughs> All right. So an interesting pivot. That's, uh, yeah. you know, I, I still remember though. I, I've told this story many times. I was in, uh, an IMAX theater. I can't remember what movie it was, but I was in the IMAX theater and it was packed house and the trailer, all this crazy stuff is happening. But in the trailer, they drive a convertible off a cliff and they just have a close up of Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. And it's like, You'd think they'd be like, oh, shit. Nope, serious faces. We're going to jump out of the car and just land in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and when the, in the trailer, it's uh, it just goes silent. Like the You just hear the, the wind as the car is falling through the sky. And so it's silent in the theater. Everybody starts laughing. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> and then at that point, they knew they had just a true yeah, job. I, like, this I entire theater it. wants to see this movie for how stupid it is. <laughs> exactly. They've all been hooked. <laughs> so it, it is a great movie. Introduced The Rock into the series as well. So, <laughs> no and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Number where are we one? at, Tom? Number one is National Treasure. <laughs> the ultimate heist. We're stealing the Declaration of Independence. What is a bigger crime than stealing history? That's true. Really? I think the dollar bill is trying to tell me something. God, I love that movie so God. much. We watch it. Holly loves it. We watch it probably at least. We made the kids watch it, and they hated it. Hated. They hated <laughs> National Treasure. We didn't care. It's like you're watching this We're movie watching tonight. We're watching it again. We're watching yeah. natural. Do you know there's a second one? They're like, oh god, no! <laughs> They're making a third one. <laughs> Why? It is kind of a delight, isn't it? Trying to get your kids to watch movies that you loved. It's like I can't get it to happen. I try. I've tried so many times, and they just won't do it. That's why Disney Plus is worth every penny I'll ever pay to make them watch all the terrible Disney Channel original movies from when I was a child. <laughs> oh, Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. A yeah, we're watching King that Arthur's tonight. Court? A King miracle about the Jewish basketball team? <laughs> yes, we are watching this tonight. <laughs> I wonder if that can start to count as a type of child abuse after a while. But eh, it's 
Random thought. <laughs> they they kind of got into full core. They got into full full core miracle. That was a <laughs> yeah. Number one, National Treasure. That was the first yeah. movie that came to mind when you said this list. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess right, that there. leaves me. And you got uh, a tough list to follow up. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's always following Tom's always tough, man. Because Tom's I, is going to be fun. Yeah, I can't top that. It's it's way more fun than my list. My <laughs> list is comparably very predictable. Um, oh, I, and, and good movies, probably. Um, one point of pride, though, hey, is that I did zero research. I don't think there's on, a bad movie on your, uh, on your I, list. I did zero research on this. These are the movies that came to mind when I thought crime movie. I did have to whittle it down to 10, but here's what I got. So um, maybe it was because of the movies we had on our list for tonight. But um, at 10, I have Snatch. Um, there you go. Which is just legit, like, I think his best movie is it's his best work. I, I've seen it a good half a dozen times. Never yeah. get tired of it. Um, all right. Um, and I, full disclosure, these aren't in any particular order. Um, well, that was number 10, so this is number 9. Okay, so at number 9, <laughs> at number 9, I have the Maltese Falcon. You know, I've never seen it. I, I I I know what the premise is, but again, I probably I've never actually seen it, but I know kind of what it's about just based on the historical significance okay. of that movie. Yeah, if I mean, if you if you only watch like one or two old classic film noir movies, I I highly recommend making the Maltese Falcon one of them. Um, I mean, it's got Peter Lorre, it's got Humphrey Bogart. It's just it's an amazing movie. Check it out. Um, all right, so that brings me to number eight, where I have seven. Which a lot of Kevin Spacey appearances in yeah, the list yeah. tonight. It's a dangerous man. <laughs> Another disturbing movie that's hard to watch again now. So, yeah. You know, uh, I, just, I, I would say Seven is more harder to watch than like uh, Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction. Oh, so, by far. Ugh. Yeah. And I mean, ugh. part of the draw to Seven for me is is the cinematography of it. It's such a dark movie and it's very textured. Um, but also, it's just disturbing as hell. And, um, it's almost what they don't show makes it even more disturbing. Like you only get kind of a glance at whatever the sex thing is. He makes the yeah, guy put on the strap on. Yeah. yeah the the sword, on yeah. knife or whatever the hell that was. Um, incredible all... performances throughout. And I, oh, I, I have to say still the fodder for some of the best jokes I've ever told. <laughs> Like, you know, I mean, just the what's in the box references alone. Just, you never run out. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the uh, the uh, unboxing video where they're doing seven? <laughs> <laughs> no, but holy shit, that's brilliant. I got to go find that right now. It's on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, it's a guy doing a Morgan Freeman impression. And it's like first person. It's like, oh, cheap packing material. <laughs> Oh god, that's brilliant! Holy <laughs> shit, that might actually be better than in the movie Seven. Um, okay, so what, what number was that? No seven. I think All right, seven for seven. Seven is seven. Yeah. Okay, um, right, so I'm not I, sure. Um, then I have, at, I'm assuming number six. I should have numbered these. Uh, no Country for Old Men, which it, I it really like. The best villains. Yeah. It's not oh, my yeah. favorite Coen Brothers movie, but no, and it, um, it, it actually have one. another Coen Brothers movie further down the list. So clearly, this is not my favorite Coen Lady Brothers. Lady Killers, movie let it be Lady Killers. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, sadly, no. Ha, ha, um, underground. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And then uh, after that, I have The Silence of the Lambs, which now. It's a good one. I. Precious. <laughs> this, much like the movie right. Seven, um, is just endless fodder for jokes as well, but it's also a fantastic yeah. movie. Um, all right, so getting back to the Coens, the next one I have on my list is Miller's Crossing, which, as far as like classic gangster style movies go, is probably my all-time favorite. Um, and then, um, what am I down to? This is number two, I think. Yeah. Or wait. Okay. I don't know. No, you need this, to number these. No, I, I really should have numbered them. <laughs> um, at, no, I'm actually only down to number four. And see, it already feels like I've gone forever, but I, I'm only halfway through my list. No, I, I think we skipped uh, number seven when we were talking about seven. I think number eight was seven. Oh, uh, okay. Um, anyway, so for number four, I have L.A. Confidential. It's a good one. Yep, it's a freaking great Cromwell movie. James Cromwell is a dangerous man. I I've never been able to trust him since. Um, all right. And then number three, I have the Godfather because it's the Godfather. I mean, it's kind yeah. of the, I mean, really define yeah, that, that's the how gangster I, yeah. movie, you know, that's how I felt like putting Goodfellas on my list of, of like Godfather and Goodfellas. I prefer Goodfellas, but. And I prefer and the Godfather. I, so that's I probably interesting. prefer Godfather too. So. Oh, fair. I mean, well, I, I actually I know a lot of people who like Godfather two more than they like Godfather. Yeah. Um, and then no one likes Godfather three. Apparently, I think that's the one you're not allowed to like. Yeah, if you if you like that one, you, you're you're just wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> Sophia Coppola sucks. <laughs> All right. Um, and then I think about. Yeah, I'm at number one now. Yeah, okay. So at number one, I have Pulp Fiction. It's a good one. Can't really go wrong. Yeah, it's, I mean... I I saw that movie so many times when it came out. And granted, that was, what, 95? I was 12 years old. So probably through my teen years, that was one of my favorite (laughs) movies. So Yeah, no, and I mean, for me, it endures to this day. It's just... It's kind of Tarantino's masterpiece so far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I don't think he's top that one. Like, there's some things that uh, I think he's done that, you know, is really good. But Pulp Fiction is probably his, his best movie. But uh, runners up. Uh, see, I had Fast Five and Logan Lucky as well. Uh, some that weren't mentioned. Uh, Point Break. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. So, oh, so Rob- not the remake one. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Extreme Sports uh, Point Break, no, we didn't. That one was atrocious. Uh, the Departed, the the uh, Leo and Matt Damon. Yeah, excellent Jack movie. Wilson. You know, that's another one where it drags a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, pretty much any like Scorsese movie you can kind of Kind of just have your pick. Casino, Gangs of New York. Uh, let's see. Uh, Do you go far Mar- as far back as like Mean Streets and that kind of thing? Or Yeah. Well, I mean, go back to Taxi Driver, too. Is yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, then uh, let's see, Bottle Rocket, uh, Wes Anderson's first movie, an excellent uh, crime movie. I, I probably should have put that in my top ten. I think I could have, but uh, and then uh, any others I want to. Uh, a more recent one, Heller High Water with uh, Chris Pine. Is that and, good? Uh, I have Bridges. it. It's been sitting in my to watch list for uh, it's ever. A, but it's a great movie. Uh, it's a little slow, but uh, I can Jeff deal Bridges with slow. Is, Jeff Bridges is really good in it. And uh, last one, I'll say, Touch of Evil, uh, Orson Welles movie. Oh, I, actually, I, I would count that as a miss for me. I could yeah. I could think of a couple of movies off my list that I would bump for a touch of evil. Yeah. Has probably the best opening shot of any movie ever. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, any runners up that uh, I missed? Um, I mean, I, for runners up, uh, heat was on my runners up list. The big Lebowski. Um, yeah. Usual. Yeah, big Lebowski. It's yeah. a- Usual suspects in Fargo were mentioned by other people. Yep, I, yeah. Big Lebowski for, is more of a comedy to me. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, there's cr- crimes in it, but you know, I wouldn't think of it as like a crime movie, right? It was, I thought it was kidnapping. I it guess. was almost one step too far removed. If we were doing a movie about, or not a movie, a list about great detective stories, I think the Big Lebowski would be a stronger contender for that, but yeah. not crime movie crime crime movie to me says something a little more visceral than just a detective story like baywatch like yes. baywatch. it's random yeah. 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 Gun. it's very visceral just like just <laughs> like baywatch <laughs> the, uh, the only two runners up i'll add is uh for you chad is rogue one a star wars story it is yeah, star wars star wars crime yeah and um was it, uh, only because of the Jamie Foxx cameo, but that's Horrible Bosses with Motherfucker Jones. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I would say that is missed for, uh, from my runners-up. Uh... Him hit the, the <laughs> gag of him partially telling the story of how he got his nickname throughout the entire movie was <laughs> an absolute highlight. You know, I've got one more to add. Money. I really I, fucked I her over. <laughs> I didn't think of it until now, but... Because I, I guess I tend to think of this more as either a punk film or a sci-fi film. But you know what? Repo Man would be a real contender for this list, I think. You know, Emilio Estevez, um, Harry Dean Stanton. Um, yeah. I could see that. I could st- see a strong argument for that as a top 10 crime movie. Because they actually use the line, come on, man, let's go do some crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, let's go get sushi and not pay. All right. Well, that that uh, kind of wraps up our crime episode. Dun, uh, dun, dun. And uh, we're going to be doing this every month. So if you've been listening this far, come back next month. <laughs> Do we know what we're doing next month? Is, is have the no host idea. decided? Do Am I just choosing all the all the stuff? I don't or? know. I don't think you guys want yeah, the that. Host, the host pants on, yeah. Uh, any, you any don't want me choosing, Chad. That's that, that, that'll just be what I'll say. Uh, you know what? Uh, since we don't have anything, I think we could do uh, the 1980s uh, Clue. Oh, I and love then, that uh, movie. And then, uh, why don't we do Knives Out? Is there a so, canonical end, like a canonical ending of Clue? There's three endings to Clue. Well, I yeah. mean, it's like the one that is considered 
the yeah, canonical. The, this is what really happened. The the last one yeah. where they're all guilty. It is okay. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, go check <laughs> at the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, but funny anecdote. I had wanted to put on a stage production of Clue when I was in college, and um, I wanted every performance to have different endings. So there'd be like a couple of endings and then the one where they all did it. But that meant I had to write endings for all the other characters that didn't have endings where they were guilty. And so I actually wrote those. I wonder if I could find that. That would be fun. Um, We never got to do the production, unfortunately, because um, because I was young and it takes a lot of follow through to get something like that to happen. (laughs) Oh, say because of COVID? No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's just, I mean, you know, it was an idea I had, and then there's all the work that comes after that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, do you, does that sound good to you guys? Hey, uh, yeah, Clue and Knives Out. I have yeah. not seen Knives Out, so that'll be good for me. It, it has Daniel Craig in it, and if you like Logan Lucky, I mean, he does a southern accent in this one too. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> I, I enjoyed him and Logan Lucky. Uh, but now uh, there's a sequel then, coming out, isn't there? There's like two or three sequels because they Guns gave uh, gave like gave Ryan Johnson like a hundred million dollars to him or something. Yeah. Just keep making these. We love these things. We love these things. It's yeah on Netflix, I believe. So I think it's available on Netflix. Oh well, then it all might yeah. be canceled. <laughs> Why yeah, they that? canceled nailed it on me oh, they cancel everything it's it's oh. it's getting to be a real problem like if i hear about a show being made that i'm excited about i'm like oh where's it streaming ah shit netflix because like it's gonna go away they're not gonna keep making them uh and then for our top 10 why don't we do top 10 uh detective stories so oh yeah sure uh, okay yeah, uh, so I, can just re- I can recycle a few of my entries here. yeah there you go so and uh, how about next time for the next time, Terry? Why don't you come up with uh, with what we're gonna? Oh, okay. So I'll come up with uh, yeah, and then Tom will go. Yeah. Okay. So I, I did the first two, so, so I have homework. Mine's gonna you be do current, have current Walt Disney and then '80s Disney movies. Yeah. So yeah, and that is going to be kind of the theme of the show. We'll pick an old movie. We'll pick a new movie, and kind of. Tremors one, Tremors seven. Yeah. yeah. So Tremors, and then. <laughs> Uh, what would be a good a, counterpart to Tremors? So Tremors would be well, the old movie, and then well, then you think you do the lowest recent Tremors seven <laughs> that came out just literally just a few years ago. Well, no, but it shouldn't be the same series. I mean, you should pick something like you know. What I is... was told the time. I heard nothing about it. Can't be from the same series. <laughs> I picked Star Wars and Star Wars Rogue One. <laughs> Deal with it. This I will is promise to make it from cool. different horrible series of movies. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Ernest goes to jail, and uh, do you guys want to say we're like on social media or anything? Yeah, uh, well, as are we? Public, yeah, we'll be. I'm assuming we'll be PGP Filmcast, and we will be on all the major podcasting sites. Yes, yeah. there we go. So, no iTunes kidding. And, mm-hmm, it's quite. It's a lot easier. So, Spotify, iTunes, the whole nine yards. Oh, I can Woo-hoo. listen to this on Spotify. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Well, nice. I guess I guess we know we won't be paid then. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, we will. we will be paying to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So All a few right. people at home don't appreciate it. This is costing probably Chad a lot of money. No, it is actually Tom. We're, we're using this is all uh, being uh, supported by the Magic Podcast, so we are we are cool. <laughs> okay, good. 
Oh, so that's still uh, going on. Do you want to plug that? Yeah, well, it's uh, we rehashed it. The people that took it over for when I stopped, they quit. They quit at episode eight hundred, seven or eight hundred. I can't remember which one it was. About a year ago, so I decided to just take the name back. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like it's a trademark. I can start calling it whatever I want. So Monday Night Magic is back. <laughs> all right. Well, the PGP film cast is also back for all those listeners that were listening to us before. <laughs> yeah, yes, all I, seven of you. Uh, but now it'll be the process. It has been tuned on the Magic Podcast. It is actually quite easy now. All, all right. right. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, let's stop.